T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Pocket collapsing, has to roll out to his right to buy time. Looking downfield, he's got Gabe Davis over the shoulder, caught at the 15, and he drives his way into the end zone for the touchdown. Wow! Huge, I mean, again, backs against the wall, but again, still some season left, and we gotta, we gotta finish, finish in our own terms and just try to find a way to get in. I mean, it feels good. The last, like, three, three four weeks been, been a struggle. Not being able to get my hand on the ball as much, but this week showed that, you know, when you throw me the ball, I can make the play. So I was happy to be able to go out there and do what I did today, and I hope you consistently keep that going. You're listening to the Extra Point Show with sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. It's a Buffalo Bills football Tuesday following a win. Me and you, 803-0550. We'll have time for plenty of your phone calls. So, yeah, give us a call, line them up, and we've got a lot for you. Bills and Chargers, the win on Saturday. To break down, we've got games from around the league, how it has set up the Bills in almost a perfect spot for what you're looking at the final couple weeks of the season to make the playoffs. They still have work to do and will need help to win the division. And that will be, I think, a big difference in terms of seeding. But for now, Bills are over 90% to make the playoffs. Amazingly, they were 5-5. Five and five. We had looked at the New York Times playoff machine. We had looked at different sites and seen numbers as low as 20% to make the playoffs. And it not wasn't even in the that too distant past. That it was that low. But four out of five and a couple of wins over really good teams, getting the job done against the Chargers when it probably should have looked a lot easier than it did. And if that game happened in week five, which between weeks two and eleven, weeks five and eleven, I should say, we got a lot of those games. And it was right to criticize heavily those performances middle of the season because what are you doing middle of the season? You're at a place where you're still assuming that the Bills will make the playoffs. And all of the games are more towards, you know, let's figure out how good. Let's figure out how predictive this this team is. And that game on Saturday... If it happens in week seven, it's, well, 
the Bills have problems. And offensively, they got off to another slow start. And how did you let Easton Stick hang around in that game? But when that game happens in Week 16, you just got to take the win. Especially when you've dug a hole to where you need the win. You can't have another misstep. You can't have another Denver. You can't have another New England. You can't have another Jets. You just got to do it. You got to figure out how to get through it. And, hey, they did it. They lost the turnover battle 3 to nothing. but Allen made up for it with giant plays down the field. The defense made up for it with some big sacks. They made up for it. And now they're in a fight for the two-seed. But you'll need Baltimore to beat Miami next week. 803-0550 is the phone number. Let's get connected with our fans and go to Clayton in Rochester. Hey, Clayton. Hey, Joe. How are you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Happy New Year to you and your family. Morning. You too. Uh, yeah, I wanted to push back a little bit what you guys were talking about earlier about um, you, don't think San, you don't think we're a good match for San Francisco or San Francisco is not a good match for us. And I, I don't know. I disagree a little bit. I think if anybody, and he showed it, if anybody can come up with a scheme – to handle them is Sean McDermott. I mean, he's handled that. You know, he's shown that. I mean, this is not the first time he'll go up against a team with multiple weapons, right? Back in the days with mm-hmm. Waddle, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, they were all telling us, oh, boy, multiple weapons. You're not going to be able to deal with that. He did. So I really think Sean McDermott will be able to come up with a scheme. And remember, they haven't faced us before. And I always, and it kind of translates to me real quick to my other point, right? You know, teams, it's almost like a – Two three zone of Syracuse, right? If you haven't seen a Sean McDermott, you know when they were talking about the Ravens, they were mixing, they were they were disguising coverages. I don't think people do it quite like Sean McDermott. So I don't think Purdy, with his four, three four interceptions, has even seen anything like a Sean McDermott schemed defense or uh, against them. So I think coupled with that and the fact that I feel like I don't know when, when you sit on the couch sometimes you watch you watch the games. I always feel like. The AFC, maybe whether it's the division or the conference, like we're more physical, right? I mean, Miami mm-hmm. out physical Dallas, and we out, and we kind of always handle Miami. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like, you know, San Francisco Ravens manhandled San Francisco, and we're hearing all this talk about San Francisco so physical, and oh boy, they're gonna out. This is the first time they were out physical, but I just I don't know. And we handle. We handle the Ravens. I mean, I handle, but I know it's a different team. But, I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I got, there's this feeling I feel, didn't you? Like, I feel like we're more physical. We're a more physical conference. Like, I don't think the NFC is as physical. And I know that's you – know, you can come up with different, different variations of yeah. why that's not true. But you get my point? Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I, I, I do. I, I, and that's down the road, right, if we ever get to that point. What would they match up like with San Francisco? I mean – I did say earlier that I don't think defensively they match up well with the Niners. I think you need elite athletes on that side of the football. Because it's not just guys with talent they have, it's guys with tons of speed and athleticism. But, to your point, they have done well in the past against teams like that. Not always. Playoffs, not always, right? The Bengals last week, or last year. But, they have done a good job against guys like Tyreek Hill. So there is that, and at the same time, it's who other than Baltimore really has that capability anyway to shut them down. You know, the Bills might be more well-equipped to compete with San Francisco than anybody because they have a quarterback that can, that can carry him if you need it. You're going to need superhuman plays to beat a well-rounded team like that, or you're going to need elite athleticism. 
And I don't know that the Bills have the latter, but that's okay because they have they have the former. 803-0550 is the phone number. Thanks for the call, Clayton. Getting connected with our fans. Let's go to Steve in Virginia. Hey, Steve. Hey, how you doing today? Good. Good, Steve. Hey, I just wanted to mention about Shakir and Diggs. Uh, first about Shakir, um, I know in training camp, um, he didn't look so good. I know he had a problem with consistency and catches, but um like how he's developed so far this year. Uh, it's nice seeing him used as an extra weapon and him being there when uh, Josh really needed one. So um, definitely want to give credit to the Bills for his development and also Shakir himself. Yeah. Um, also for Diggs, um, before I even say this, I want to say I'm definitely liking Joe Brady's offense much better than Dorsey's. But it seems like since Brady took over, he's done a better job at spreading the ball around and you know, making more plays. But I'm just – I think it's kind of having an impact on Diggs as he's not getting as open as much in one pass. One play I wish they would kind of stop is that sideline pass to Diggs because it doesn't really seem to be working. And I know they've been doing that like almost yeah. every game regularly. Just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, the out route at the end worked, but there's a lot of Diggs stuff that's not really working right now. Which What I'm seeing – there is very little down the field. I'm seeing him. He is getting open once in a while on those out routes. Not on the screens. That's not his thing. And the slants, the in routes, he's very well covered. Now, he will still come down with the ball. Not all the time. There have been some drops, right? But there was a play, there was a slant route that Allen and Diggs hit on in this game where there's a guy draped all over him and he made a tough catch. But isn't the point there that there's a guy draped all over him? And I do, I wonder if there is an injury factor here with Diggs that we don't know about. If there's something. Because my worry is, and it's more of a worry than... You know, I'm not in panic mode. It's not time for code red. But I'm wondering if he has the capabilities to get open. The separator that he once was is what made him elite. Made him in the conversation as the best wide receiver in football. And it's not happening right now. And you look at his season in general, he's not in that conversation. He's still an, a great number one, I think. But, yeah, he's not. It doesn't appear as though he's getting open like he normally does when you're watching the games back. And the numbers certainly don't line up with it either. And quickly on Shakir, before we take another call. He has developed very nicely all through the regular season. He did not have a good training camp. He did nothing in his rookie year, and he was a fifth-round pick. But... Who cares? He's here, and he's producing, and he's making catches where Allen even admitted threw it way behind him, and he still was able to come down with it. He's got a little bit of pop in his step after he's got the ball. So he's never going to be more than like a slot guy, but that's fine, right? That's fine. But I do wonder for the long term, like this is a digs question again. We'll see. There is another phase of Diggs' career for me. I don't I don't want to say we're ready for it yet. I still think 
There's got to be something up. Maybe it's the new coordinator. Maybe there is something nagging. The guy was one of the best separators in football one year ago, and there's been no reported injury other than a back injury that he was on the injury report for a little earlier in the season. So where did that go? That didn't just vanish that quickly, right? I think it's still in there. But, and I think we'll see it before the end of the year. But eventually, Diggs, I think, transitions from your Jamar Chase, you know, all-world separator on the outside and on the inside in the conversation to be the best receiver in football to a second phase of Diggs, which would be more like your Keenan Allen type. A, a technician, but a guy now that's going to more primarily play in the slot and trustworthy hands, savvy with the ball in his hands, more so than explosive. Larry Fitzgerald became that at the end of his career. He switched from elite perimeter wideout to really good slot guy. But again, I'm not I'm not ready to say that's Diggs. It better not be because you know they're paying him to be more than that. It's it's worth watching. You know, it's not panic button time, but it, it is another thing to just keep tracking. All right, well, Diggs, let's just another game where he's getting targeted a lot, eight targets, and he's not even getting to thirty yards. In fact, his game log, man, like his yards per target are just they are plummeting. Last week, just doing some quick math here, I mean, eight for twenty nine. You know, we're talking about less than four yards a target the week before. Now, Dallas wasn't bad. He didn't have to throw the ball that much, but five targets, 48 yards, 10 yards per target. How about the week before that against Kansas City? 24 yards on 11 targets. That's two, about two yards per target. Philly was a little better, about seven per target. The Jets, about three. The Broncos, about six. So... It's been a little up and down, but there's a bunch of games in there where just they're throwing to him a lot, and you're just not seeing much production. And before we take the next call, it is also worth pointing out that when it mattered most, he got open. They needed that third down on the last drive. He was one-on-one, and he got open to the outside. Perfect timing route with Josh. So when it mattered most, it was still there. He was still able to get open. Let's go to Zach and Buffalo. Hey, Zach. Hey, Joe. Good morning. Morning. Um, so, yeah, you're kind of right on where I'm I'm at currently. You know, I'm not super concerned about digs quite yet, but I am a little concerned that there hasn't really been, like, a standout passing option over the past, I don't know, I want to say six weeks or more. You know, it, it's kind of like wide receiver one by committee. You don't really know who you're going to get each week. And I I think, you know, it's, I remember the last two weeks of the Dallas game, it seemed like everybody was like, oh, okay, Diggs is going to have a game here. It just makes sense. And it just kind of didn't happen. He's, like, making plays, but he's not having a game. You know, it's the James Cook game. You know, it seemed like Kincaid was about to get off for a bit, and that's kind of slowed down, you know. Shakir is reliable, and then randomly Gabe Davis has a great game. But prior to that, you know, what, three out of five goose eggs? So it's like there's while people are making plays, there's not this reliable, like, okay, we have this guy that's going to show up for sure this week. And, um that, to me, is a little concerning. I mean, whatever gets the win, of course, like if it takes everybody getting passes, then that's fine. But, you know, it seems like multiple other teams have this wide receiver one option that's just producing kind of week in and week out. And um, 
yeah, so I'm a little concerned about that down the stretch here. Yeah, no, me too. Me too, Zach. Thanks for the call. I mean, it is the the warning sign or the example of how bad it can be when you don't have reliable week-to-week wide receiver options is Kansas City. And to the Bills' credit, they have taken turns here, right? They've got, I mean, Cook did it for a few weeks, and you mentioned Kincaid had a few games there in the middle, and Davis has been very up and down, but he's had a couple of hits. Philadelphia and this game here against the Chargers. So he's showing up once in a while. You're still kind of waiting for that from Diggs. Shakir is doing it. So they're getting by. But my wonder and, again, kind of worry would be, can they win it all without getting Diggs in on that? And I don't think they can. I don't think you can win the Super Bowl and win, you know, six games in a row here from here on out, which is what it would take. Without having, without needing Stephon Diggs at least a couple of times to be Stephon Diggs. He is critical to their DNA. He is critical to their, I mean, McDermott has called it their fastball, and he is, you know, he's the number one pitcher. So he's the Cy Young guy. You need him. Kansas City's the, by the way, the example because look at them. They have the tight end. They have running backs that can produce and help out, and they don't have any wide receivers, and they can't score points. So that's the that's what can happen if it doesn't go well. But again, luckily the Bills have been able to get by so far with it. I just wonder if they can continue to. Let's go to Steve in Texas. Hey, Steve. Hey, good morning, brother. Morning. Um, my biggest thing was, you know, I didn't expect that Chargers game to – you know, be a blowout like the Dallas game. It's tough to do that two weeks in a row. But the minute I saw that wide receiver screen to Diggs right off the bat, you know, I, I immediately settled deep into my chair and I said, oh, boy, this is the we're going to force the ball to Diggs game. And, you know, that looked like it was going to be the game plan. And it just, you know, I, I don't like this team when they just go out and they try to, you know, make it happen to him. You know, I'm not a McDermott I'm like not a huge McDermott fan, but one of the big things he said a while ago in a press conference is the defense tells you where the ball's supposed to go. And when they when Allen checks it down and they use everybody like in that Tennessee game from last year, it gets everybody going and the offense gets a lot of touches and then I think Diggs can get set off. I just I love it when they spread the ball around and I don't need to have it the Allen and Diggs show. So that does mm. come main point. Yeah, no, I, I like that too. Thanks, Steve, for the call. I mean, you want to be able to have that. Um, I mean, when they were, when Allen had his best numbers and when the Bills' offense looked to be at its best, at least statistically, is when it was Diggs, Brown, and Beasley, and then Knox after that, which you were able to spread that around a ton. You had an elite number one. You had a guy that had been a serviceable number one before that as your number two. You had Beasley as an all pro slot guy. That was the form when the Bills were at their best, where they could spread it around. And do they have a version of that right now? I mean, when Diggs is producing, you could say they have a version of that. Davis might not be as consistent as John Brown was, and Shakir is not playing at the level, even though he's playing well. He's still not Cole Beasley level. Prime Cole Beasley level, he's not there. So, yeah, it's a form of it. It's a version of it. 
And when you have that, you should be able to spread it around. And they have been able to do that. So that is a good sign. I mean, it's been a necessary sign, right? If they weren't able to do that, the season would be over. Because Allen Diggs isn't working, hasn't worked for the last month. So if they didn't have the ability to spread it around, the season would be over. They wouldn't have been able to score points. By the way, one target to running back on Saturday against the Chargers. And I think the Chargers did game plan that. I mean, the final the, the final third down where Allen is getting blitzed and he throws the ball up to Shakir. If you watch that play back on the All-22, Cook is running, is running a route and he's running up the middle. And it looked like Derwin James of the Chargers was about to blitz. And had he, Cook would have been wide open for an easy, easy completion by Allen. And James stops his blitz and backpedals to cover Cook. And that looked to me like one example of coaching and defenders knowing Derwin James in that instance, who is a great safety. Hey, you're you're watching Cook. And the moment he sees Cook about to run a route, he bails on his blitz because his job as a, a great safety is I'm covering James Cook. And that's not something Dallas did well, or even teams before that. But again, that's an example to that play of, well, they're covering the thing that I've been executing. Do I have another option? Yes, I do. There's Khalil Shakir, who mentally knew that Allen had to get rid of the football. He stopped his wheel route. It's kind of a underrated part of that play by Shakir. His route, it looks like, is supposed to keep going. It's supposed to go up the, up the, he goes to the outside and go up the sideline to the end zone. And Shakir recognizes the situation that Allen is in. That he's got three unblocked guys that are coming at him at 100 miles an hour. They're, they're going right for him. And Shakir realizes that ball's going to have to come out right away, and he stops his route dead right there so that Allen is able to get it to him. That's, I mean, that's some of the Beasley stuff, right? That's what part of what made Beasley so great. Beasley wasn't, you know, an amazing slot receiver because of his size or his speed. He was that because it's it's the mental part of it with the quarterback and being sure-handed, and that's a nice play there by Shakir. An example of the spread it around ability. Let's go to Joe and Akron. Hey, Joe. Joe, you there? No, Joe. Joe wanted uh, to compare them to Baltimore. Baltimore, big win last night. We'll have to find out where they are in my Tuesday tiers coming up at 11 o'clock. Baltimore over over San Francisco. Baltimore is going to be the one seed unless Miami wins their final two. Miami does control their own destiny for the one seed. The Bills have a good look at the two seed. So where this all stands now is basically if the Bills win their final two games and they get the Ravens to beat the Dolphins, the Bills are the two seed. The Bills cannot be the three or the four. That is already already over. They cannot be the three or the four. They will either be the two or likely the six. Those are their two most likely spots. If they win the division, they're going to be the two. If they don't, it probably means the six. There are outcomes where... 
they could catch Cleveland as the five, but you're going to need Cleveland to lose to bad teams, and the Browns look like a machine right now with, uh, yes, Joe Flacco at quarterback. So that's why the six looks more likely. And then that could set up, you know, depending on what it looks like, it set up a rematch with Kansas City at Arrowhead. Because right now the Chiefs' most likely seed is the three. But you want that two. You get that two. You get Pittsburgh or Indy or Houston in there as the seven. Ideally, I would think you'd want Indy or Pittsburgh. I don't want to have to play. I don't think the Bills would want to have to play C.J. Stroud in the first round. I know it's a rookie, but he at least presents some danger. I don't really think the Steelers or the Colts are that dangerous at all. Um, so they're in good shape. It's amazing they're at ninety plus percent to make the playoffs. A lot more to get to from the Bills and Chargers matchup on Saturday. I got a thought on Von Miller that I want to get to. How can they keep putting... How is Von Miller still on the field? How is Von Miller still on the field? We'll get to that. We'll get to my Tuesday tiers and a bunch of around the league stuff as well. Sneaky Jody Biasi. It is a Buffalo Bills football Tuesday here on WGR, presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. By Northwest Bank, for what's next, get started at northwest.com. And by Speed Global, around the corner or around the world, Speed delivers. Looking to his right, out to the sideline. It's complete to Davis, gets away from the tackler, running for extra yardage, and down to the 25-yard line. Where have you been, Gabriel Davis? Derwin James on the tackle. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.